0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark. We appreciate you listening to this podcast and please subscribe for free to it. And also rate and review it. Tell us what you think of it, what you want to
0: see more of or hear more of. We're all about it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: And here are our guests, Ike Reese, former Eagles Pro Bowl linebacker and WIP host. He's going to break down Eagles-Cowboys, and Fletcher Cox loves this rivalry. All right, let's welcome in Eagles defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox and Fletch, I know you've been here for a while in Philly, nine or ten years, and going into a Cowboys game. Is there just a different feel for Dallas week every year?
2: <laughs> it always is a different week, man. Uh when you playing uh, the Cowboys. Uh I think I was just telling somebody when you you know, anytime, you know, the Eagles play the Cowboys, I think all the records, you know, both no matter records don't doesn't matter at that point, you know, it's about respect. Uh, when you go to that, when you get ready to play them uh, and, you know, we're going to get their best game and uh, they'll get our best game. And, uh, you know, we, you see who's the, who's, who's the better team, um, you know, when the clock hits zero.
1: And I saw that you were asked the toughest player you've ever played against. Is your answer still Tyron?
2: I mean, I played against a lot of tough players, you know, he's one of the tired and play a lot of ball. Uh, uh, I mean, Zach Martin got a lot of respect for that guy and uh, you know, um, you know, they're, they're at their offensive line. I mean, they play some ball together. You know, they're out to communicate. So it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be their O-line versus, you know, our D-line, which I always look forward to. Uh, Tyrone, he's, he's turning the tape. He's still playing at a really high level. Zach's playing at a high level. Um, you know, all those guys are playing really good ball.
1: What's your favorite Eagles-Cowboys rivalry memory?
2: Uh, I think uh, the, my favorite one, I think maybe 2013 or 14, um, when Brandy Boynkin uh, picked off Romo uh, to win to seal the game I think that was the most uh, that was that was one of the most exciting games.
1: And how do you still get to play on Monday night football when the whole country is watching you guys?
2: I mean this is one of them things yeah uh, we travel on Sunday when most teams are are playing <laughs> so you get to go uh, you know you, they, you know they've already uh they, they've already played that game we, we got to wait till the next day to play. Um, uh, but you know the, the the whole entire country is watching, and uh, you know you want to put on a show. Uh, no matter if, basically if you're playing on Sunday or Monday or uh, Thursday, but you always wanna, you know you know the whole world worth watching. Most you know all 30 teams has already played or whatever, and uh, you know we we'll get a chance to go out on Monday and play, and uh, we, we're all excited about it. It's our first uh, basically primetime game, so we'll be ready to go.
1: Brandon Graham hasn't missed a game because of injury in 10 years, and you've been next to him on that line. For so many years, uh, we saw how upset you were when BG went down. Have you talked to him? And uh, how tough is it going to be to not have him out there for the rest of this year?
2: <laughs> it's good. It's one of them things, you know, uh, I just got to make sure I'm mentally stable and uh, ready to go. Uh, and it's going to be tough, you know, like I was just telling Ike that uh, Brandon and I have been locker mates uh, since the first day I arrived at NovaCare. And uh, we've had a lot of conversations about life, a lot, of, a lot of conversations about football, just just things about you know just just outside of football, you know, um, about being like real humans. And uh, you know, when you lose a guy like BG, obviously you lose a you lose a, a lot, you know, you lose a leader. You lose a guy that always, no matter what, um, no matter what what kind of shape the game's going in, he's always positive about it. And he was always one of those guys that you know, if you needed to laugh or you need somebody to kind of bring you up, you know, you just go talk to BG and he always positive about it. And, uh, you know, we're going to miss that on the field of obviously he'll still be around the locker room. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got was, it, it bothered me, you know, that yeah, obviously, um, when I saw him go down, I knew it was, it was pretty serious because I, I think I was probably the first one over there to go check on him. <laughs> so, uh, it's always sucked, but right now is the, the, the my main focus on now is you know making sure we get BG back healthy for next year and uh, whoever's playing beside me now just get on the same page that um, that we that man BG was on. You know, it's a big shoes to fill, but um, either Ryan or, or Josh or whoever they decide to put over there, um, um, it's, it's, it's going to be good for us. Do you
1: have to adjust or do more as far as leadership uh, or talk more because BG's not there?
2: No, just you just, just gotta know who you are. Uh, obviously, um, you know. Obviously, uh, you know. I I I speak a lot more than what I normally do, but you know, I won't get out of character and try to be somebody. You know, be something that I'm not, uh, because you know that's 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 just not good for me. It's not good for the team. It's not good for the players. Um, you just gotta know who you are, and you know, just knowing just all I can all I can do is continue to lead the way I lead. You uh, knowing that um, at the same time, you know that you know I'm a, you got to get the respect either way. Um, so you know, just staying patient. And, uh, you know, when guys, you know, need somebody to talk to, you know, obviously, you know, they were able to do that before with both me Beachy and I. but now it's going to come down to, you know, me and, you know, a couple of those guys in the room that's played a lot of ball.
1: In the first two games, you've been double teamed more than any Eagle on that defensive line. If I were to ask you how many times you've been double teamed, how many plays could you have a ballpark, you know?
2: <laughs> nah, I don't have a ballpark, man. I just, uh, My biggest thing is don't get frustrated, Fletch. That's what I tell myself. Don't get frustrated, Fletch. It's going to come to you. It's going to come to you. Just keep speaking to self. And then, you know, knowing knowing my opportunity is going to come and uh, knowing that, you know what anybody said about numbers and anything like that, but knowing that when the opportunity comes, I just got to be there to make the play.
1: When you're double teamed, it obviously opens up opportunities for other guys. (laughs) And in other sports, they give out assists. In hockey, they even give out two assists on goals sometimes. Do you think they should start giving out some assists for guys that are double teamed and open it up for other guys?
2: Nah, man, nah. It's, it's not about it's not about that because I know at the end of the day uh, um, that um, I'm not I'm not the only person out there. You know, it's it's ten more guys out there on the team, and for me, that yeah, knowing that you know that the players are going to come to me. So uh, I mean, I'm not asking for no pity. Um, so I just got to continue to do what I'm doing, stay in focus, and you know, be effective during the game
1: little trivia for you with six straight pro Bowls for you there's only one guy in Eagles history <laughs> who has more Pro Bowls in a row can you name that player
2: <laughs> uh would it be uh Reggie or only- Dawkins Reggie white yeah yeah Reggie white yeah
1: Is that pretty special with the amount of Pro Bowls you've been to? There's only a few Eagles who have been to more in your Eagles career. Uh, You know, is that, is that a big honor for you?
2: Yeah, it is, man. It is. And that's, that's, that's the reason we work hard. You know, that's the reason you put the blood and sweat and tears and, you know, your pride uh, obviously um, has a lot to do with it, but that's the reason you go out and work hard. You know, you always want to, you know, be remembered as something, you know, and uh, to make it to six straight Pro Bowls is, is, is truly a blessing for me. And, uh, you know, and I really don't – I really honestly never think about it that way is, you know, there's only one guy in Eagles history that has been as, as many pro, uh, as straight Pro Bowls as, you know, as I have. And, you know, I don't take that with a grain of salt at all. Uh, you know, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a big deal. And hopefully I can continue that this year.
1: You're doing some promotions for Tide. We're going to get to that in a second. couple more football questions for you. Uh, after two games, this <laughs> Eagles defense, uh, you guys have only given up one big play of 20 or more yards – uh, do you have an identity for this Eagles defense yet?
2: Uh, yeah, man. Just um, you know, our biggest thing is um, you know not giving up big plays, not giving up X plays, not giving up those, um, those plays that's, that's gonna that's gonna hurt us. Um, so, I mean, Coach stressed that a lot. I mean, he stresses a whole lot. And you know, for me, when you get a coach that, ex- that expresses things like that, or, you know, uh, keeping people, you know, in and, and uh, starting down the distance, not giving up big plays, or balls over our head, or or basically runs that's that's uh that's hard to stop. I mean for for me, I think the identities team is just, you know, everybody's just just ready to work and you know, keep their head down um, and just doing their job. And I think that's a big part of it.
1: How have you helped your cousin, Kenny Gainwell, uh, get used to the NFL? How do you think he's doing after a couple games?
2: Uh, I think it's helped. I mean, I say I say a few things to him, you know, here in day in and day out, and uh, you know, just tell him, no, oh, hey, look, you know, since it's the preseason anymore, that the game will be really fast, and uh, you know, you really be going against you know the, every team's best um, every Sunday. So, just um, the biggest things I tell him, hey, look, just be smart, uh, take care of the ball, and um, you know, and and be the reason that we're good, you know, be the reason that we win, you know. And he takes so much pride in that, and uh, you can't help him help but respect you know, a guy like that, that, that does those things. he does all the little things. Right.
1: Hey, you're doing some promotion for tide. And I really like this, uh, really helps the environment helps a lot of things. I I go cold when I wash all my clothes. So, uh, are you able to get a lot of your teammates and the Eagles organization to turn to cold?
2: We're working on that, but I think the Eagles organization, I think they're washing, uh, Greg and those guys, Greg and those guys are uh, definitely switching to cold over there. Um, uh, one reason is pr- probably save a Mister Larry a couple bucks, uh, energy wise, <laughs> and uh, obviously, uh, you know, if it's me, I'm washing my stuff in cold because it's gonna save me, you know, you know, maybe two hundred, you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred bucks uh, each month uh, uh, by turning to cold. But I'm really excited about, you know, just joining with Tott, uh and partnering up with them, and you know, to get it out there. Um, so I'm excited about it.
1: Is there anything else you want to let Eagles fans know about about why they
2: should turn to cold number one why they should turn to cold they go to todd Ty, to todd.com and sign up to win a free washer number one you win a free washer not only do you win a free washer but you get your favorite eagle voice on that washing machine and i think i don't think anybody could beat that you go wash your clothes and you hear fletcher cox on that washer and me telling you to turn to cold can't beat it so i'm excited about that too.
1: so i'm, I'm picturing right now when they had you do the voiceovers how many takes did it take you to get all those instructions down for the washing machine?
2: I'm pretty – I'm okay at that. Uh, but it took, uh, I think, about five minutes to knock the whole entire thing out. So, uh, some, of the, some of the voiceovers, but it took about five minutes to knock them out. Some of them was, uh, you know, pretty long to read, but I just had to lock in on what I was doing um, and, and get it right uh, and actually, you know, add a little sauce to it. It kind of lets you kind of, you know, have a little fun with it. So, I was excited about that also.
1: Nice. I also read somebody asked you if you weren't doing what you do and you could play for any team in any sport in what position, it says you said you would like to be first baseman for the New York Yankees.
2: Can you tell me why? That's old. where did you pull that from?
1: This is from this year's (laughs) media guide. So they got to update it?
2: (laughs) No. I mean, always, if I could do nothing else, I definitely want to be a first baseman. Uh, i mean i'm a big dude and uh, most you know uh af- big af- athletic guy that you know all i play was i played first base in you know, growing up so uh you know uh it's, it's just one of them things you know just just dream about but obviously i'm in playing football now so uh me tackle now i've been playing for 10 years so you know first base i mean they play for like you know 15 to 20 baseball so uh it's a blessing to be in either position
1: with your size how many homers would you hit
2: I mean, I'm a. i am I, I, I can get you like probably like you know like one or two every other game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know a, a grand a grand slam every uh, you know every now and then. Uh, so uh, I don't think it's about the the strength. I think it's about you know just uh just you know connecting with the ball and hoping the pitcher throw you the right pitch.
1: Well, that's cool, man. The Phillies could insert you right into their lineup. They need a little offense, a little help right now. Appreciate the time, <laughs> Hi, let's welcome in former Eagles pro bowler and Eagles analyst, Ike Reese. We appreciate you taking the time with
3: us. Always a pleasure, John. Great to see you, brother.
1: Hey, you too. I know you're probably getting a little tired of me. We've seen each other (laughs) a lot over the last week, but this is a good thing because when we do Eagles game plan together, uh, Fran Duffy's always telling us, hey, keep it quick, keep it quick, but you can be (laughs) radio Ike here. (laughs)
3: yeah and i enjoy being radio ike that gives me a little time to 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 do what i like to do which is talk so uh when you're on tv you know this better than anybody you got time restrictions so you got to get it in and get it out
1: yeah uh you got people telling you rap 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 uh (laughs) and don't worry we don't have to take commercials here Ike. so we're good to go
3: (laughs) awesome awesome well let's do it brother let's do it
1: all right so Eagles, Cowboys. Before we get into the X's and O's here, give me an idea. When you first got to Philadelphia, give me an idea of your <laughs> first feeling, your first taste of Eagles, Cowboys rivalry. Maybe something somebody said to you.
3: Well, um, my first year in 98, we weren't a very good team. And uh, I, I, I didn't necessarily grow up hating the Dallas Cowboys. I grew up and more of as an AFC guy, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, in the AFC. So I didn't really have any type of feeling for the Dallas Cowboys. But but coming here, it doesn't take very long being in the city of Philadelphia uh, as, a, as an Eagle, uh, whether you're a player or a coach, before you understand how important this game is to the fan base. And, and that's really what most players and coaches uh, are better served internalizing and sort of, come to grips with uh, sooner rather than later. Forget about how you grew up and whether or not you were a Cowboy fan or didn't have any animosity. The fact of the matter is, in the city of brotherly love, there is no brotherly love for the Dallas Cowboys. And so uh, I can't remember a specific moment where I realized how important it was to the fans. Obviously, it was a big week. It's ironic that my first game against the Cowboys was also on a Monday night. And uh, it was at the vet, and it wasn't pretty. Uh, thir- 34 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on. that And that wasn't even the worst part of it. 34 to nothing. And I think I may have had, and I'm not exaggerating, John, I think I may have had three penalties in that game. Yeah I, yeah, I think I may have had three penalties in that game. And so that added to the frustrating loss and – I, I remember, <laughs> I remember the next day on my way into work and, and Angelo just going crazy about me. Who is this stupid rookie? I grease, my goodness, if he commits another personal foul or block in the back, they ought to cut him right now. <laughs> Angelo was literally talking about cutting me the next day after that cowboy loss. So I laugh at he and Glenn Mac now about that all the time because as a player, I listen to the station, so I heard the frustration of the fans, uh, and it, it it was it was after that that I realized how important that game was. And listen, I I in college we all have our rivalries. Michigan was my rival, and I know how much we dislike losing to those guys. I know how how important that was to the fan base. Um, I would say in the NFL and especially with us as Eagles fans that Cowboy dislike might be a notch or two above. Yeah, that, that, that's, that thing is deeply rooted, and unless you have lived here long enough or experienced enough of those games, you truly don't understand how important it is to this fan base.
1: Yeah, wow. I was going to ask you for a great memory. It's obviously not that one, uh, and it's <laughs> interesting.
3: Ike, Ike you're not going to I got some positive ones now. That's just my first memory.
1: (laughs) Right. And you're telling me that you would listen to sports talk radio all the time. Did a lot of
3: your teammates? No, no, Um, because, hey, in 98, we weren't very good. So that's one of the first things Mike Zordich told me was don't read the newspaper and don't listen to WIP. Um, And so the first thing you did was put it on. (laughs) of course yes it's like a kid when you tell a kid not to do something he goes it's like okay why don't they want me to listen to WIP I and the funny thing is I had never been a fan of sports talk radio like I'd never been a fan of sports talk radio but it was so entertaining even even the fans that were angry um it was like there was just different characters they they, they were callers but I, I just saw them as different characters and I just got, it, it became a sort of addictive listening to it. And quite frankly, I don't regret listening to it. Obviously, I don't regret listening because look where I'm at now. So, um, but, but mo- most of the players, particularly the ones that are in the spotlight, the quarterback, receivers, guys of that nature, they wouldn't listen. But I, I found it entertaining. So, um, m- most of the time it wasn't about me. So, <laughs> I could sit there and listen to
1: it. So, so you, if you're a rookie in the NFL, you'd be the first one jumping on Instagram, looking at all the comments.
3: <laughs> probably. Yes, probably. Oh, man. What do you what probably. do you think is
1: worse now? Do you think sports talk radio or, or the Instagram comments are worse now?
3: Oh, social media, for sure. Social media, for sure. Because at least on sports talk radio, you especially with Philadelphia, and it's, it's, it's unique to this area, the northeastern area that the Sports Talk Radio and with our callers, they are so loyal and dedicated to their particular shows. It's like a community. So you you get to know them. Even if you're just a listener and you don't call, you become so used to hearing the same callers call up. It's like a town hall meeting every day. So I enjoy that. Social media media can get nasty. It, It can get nasty and people can hide behind the no picture or the egg as the emoji. And so <laughs> I'm actually happy there was no social media when I played because I don't know if I'd have been mature enough to handle it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm barely mature enough to handle it right now. So um, <laughs> I, I, I concern myself more with my teenage kids navigating their way through social media more so than, than myself.
1: Yeah, no, that's good advice. Stay out of the comments section. Uh, So give me me your favorite Eagles-Cowboys memory as a player.
3: Oh, it's got to be the pickle juice game, right? It's got to be the pickle juice game. And the the reason why I say it's the pickle juice game, because I believe that was the game that started our run to, to five straight playoff appearances, uh, four divisional titles, four straight conference championship games and a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys weren't necessarily the triplets. They, they weren't necessarily finished in the eyes of most fans, but physically they pretty much were. And I felt like that was the game that started the retirement party for the triplets. I mean, they retired one by one after that. Now, initially it started with Michael Urban in 1999. We know the injury that happened at the vet, and he never played again. But I thought, you know, and and coincidentally, that was Andy Reid's first win. So Andy's first win came against the Cowboys also. Um, That pickle juice game, to me, was the game where we announced that we aren't the old Philadelphia Eagles. This is a new era, and we're not going anywhere. We were young. We were brash. We were confident. Our coach was daring. you look at that coaching staff. It was just a perfect storm. It just really was. So I felt like that was the beginning. And let me throw this in there real quick, John. I happen to be ten and four against the Dallas Cowboys as a player. Oh. So in my, in, in, yeah. In my in my seven years here, we beat them ten times. So, so I feel good that I can say I, that was my record against the Dallas Cowboys when I was an Eagle.
1: Oh, so now I know we can title this. Ike Reese led the Eagles to domination over
3: Dallas. <laughs> a small part of it, a small part of it.
1: There you go. By the way, I'm glad to see we don't see TV like we are here in radio, Ike, here. You are really letting it flow here. <laughs> yeah, this is what you want, right? I got to give you what you want, baby. This is what we want. Hey, so this is a great point you made about Andy Reid. He came in daring. He came in bold. He took the risk with the onside kick there to start the game, the pickle juice game. I'm kind of thinking of Nick Sirianni here in his home opener as coach, where he tried the sort of quasi Philly special. He tried to be bold. He tried to take a risk and it really didn't work. When you look back on that whole series there in the red zone, first and goal at the one, do you think that Nick, and the coaches maybe got a little too cute instead of doing what really is the strength of the team and really could get them in the
3: end zone? Um, the, the, the fourth down, the Philly-Philly play aside, um, I think he played towards personnel. Now, you can, you can there's legitimate questions that people will ask as to whether or not do we have the right personnel out there. In other words, where is Jordan Howard? a bigger back, somebody that can run between the tackles, somebody that could actually, uh, if you're not going to use a fullback, who could actually break tackles in those short yardage situations. We haven't been a very good short yardage team in recent memory, especially if you take out the quarterback sneaks, right? Like we normally are good with quarterback sneaks, but giving a, a ball to a running back in that situation, we haven't been very good. John, I'll say this. There were a couple plays there where I thought, there were some opportunities to score. And the one I particularly remember is the play where I think Jalen had the option of either rolling out. I think Miles was in front of him. And then Zach Ertz was the only receiver slash tight end that was out on the route. I think if Jalen recognizes that immediately and he pushed that ball on Zach Ertz, I think you have a touchdown. Because I thought Zach had a nice release. And he got quick separation from Fred Werner. And, you know, down there in the end zone, you're not going to get – that's not going to happen. So if you get this much, you got to take advantage of it. And you got to make quick decisions. So I thought there was an opportunity there to actually hit for a touchdown, and they missed out on it. The other plays, there was either missed blocks or it just – you got to give credit to San Francisco for their defense. I didn't have as much of an issue – With the Philly-Philly play, Um, I know it didn't work, so it it looks like it was a terrible call. Actually, if it hadn't worked in the Super Bowl, it would have been a terrible call there, too. Um, So I agree with Nick Sirianni when he says, when you make those decisions, they work. It's great. When it doesn't, you want to have them back. That's probably a play. He probably wishes he had a call something else. But I just don't think that's where they missed their best opportunity to score. I thought there was some earlier plays there where they could have scored in that sequence.
1: Now, it's interesting. You brought up Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he had a very, very, very good season opener. And in the home opener, uh, he obviously didn't have the same production with the passing game. In fact, he only had 39 yards passing in the second half. And you brought up letting that ball go. Quick decision and get that ball out. Do you think there were... Some different times in the home opener where he didn't make that quick decision to get that ball out and he was late?
3: Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned that one. There's, there's another one out there where when he wanted to hit um, – when he missed on the pass to Devontae Smith coming across the field, uh, Dallas Goddard was in the flats as the number one read or the first option out to the flats. If, if you just get that ball out there to head to the flats – Maybe he catches it and he turns it up the field and he picks up a first down. And now you have an opportunity to go and score it. Instead, he, he it's a it's a it's a tough pass to make as you continue to extend that play, especially when you got a defender running down on you. So he missed Devontae. And I think they wind up having to settle for a field goal there. But that could have been an instance where you extended the drive and maybe you get a touchdown. But he also made some good throws, some, some good throws in the game, John. And The one thing about a young quarterback is that each week is a different learning experience, right? Just because he had a great game against the Atlanta Falcons and that defensive scheme, it doesn't mean the 49ers are going to give him the same exact defensive scheme so that he can have the same success. So they're going to give you something different, and you have to have counters to that. But I think much like in that first game, what would have served him well in this game is sometimes – when the 49ers are saying, we're going to give you the underneath stuff, you better take it. You, you got to take it. I know it can be frustrating to an offense when you're constantly just dinking and dunking, but when you're going up against a defense like the 49ers, sometimes you just got to take the first read and just keep the sticks moving.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because the Jets were saying that about Zach Wilson being a young quarterback. Sometimes boring is okay. Um, yep. Like, let's talk about this Eagles Cowboys matchup because it is daunting uh, for this Eagles defense to go face that Cowboys offense. I mean, they are just rolling up yards out there with that offense. Dak Prescott, he's completing like seventy six percent of his passes, one of the top uh, percentage completions percentage in the NFL. Now you've got C. D. Lamb, you've got a whole bunch of receivers, and now you got two running backs to worry about.
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, we know this Dallas Cowboys offense is as advertised. Um, Dak was always going to be the main key. How does he come back from his injury? Uh, Is he mobile? And then you had the shoulder issue in training camp. So would he be able to throw the ball? He's still not throwing the ball down the field. You know, the first two weeks, there's been a lot of stuff in that intermediate range, 20 yards and under. Even last week, John, Dallas showed they don't have to throw the ball to beat you. So they, they used the running backs last week, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. So you bring up our defense, and I honestly believe we pay a lot of attention to the offense for good reason, but the defense is the strength of our team. And we're going to go as far as our defense can take us. And I, by the way, I thought our defense played well enough for us to win Sunday. Um, you'll like to get some takeaways, but you hold a team to 17 points, you're supposed to win that game. so But it, the same thing, the pressure is going to be on the defense this week. I don't think you can expect the Eagles to go out there and win a shootout in Dallas. It has to be low 20s, you know, 20 to 17, 24, 21. And it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what Jonathan Gannon devises as a defensive scheme. What do you want to take away? Do you want to make Dallas a throwing team? Or do you want to make them a running team? And let me throw this in here, John. I'm not so sure how healthy Dak's shoulder is right now. And I'm not so sure that didn't play into last week's uh, Sunday's game playing against the Chargers. They didn't have him throw as much. I was shocked in that first game versus Tampa. He dropped back 60-plus times in that game. Coming on shoulders on uh, uh, soreness, that's not a smart – that's not smart, Mike McCarthy. So I think they dialed it back last week versus the Chargers. I think he threw maybe 28 times last week, so they didn't throw as much. They ran, and he's still throwing the ball short. So we may have to play this game where you know what? If if Dak is going to dink and dunk the ball down the field, okay, we can't we can't give up huge plays over our head, and you can't allow. Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard to just run the ball down your throat because that's demoralizing. So if anything, I'm, I'm, I'm starting with stopping that run first. You got to stop Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard.
1: And it's interesting because Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon has been preaching turnovers strips in practice, and they have no turnovers so far. Uh, I'm kind of thinking they're going to need a turnover in this game
3: in Dallas to win this one. Do, Do you agree? At least two. I, I believe you got to take at least two possessions away from Dallas um, to get a big win on the road. And 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 Dak, who threw an interception last week, doesn't have the same zip on his throws. So I think there could be some opportunities there. I listen. It, it sucks that we lost BG. We lost Brandon, but man. Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox through these first two games, and particularly Javon Hargrave, and you can throw a Hassan Ridgeway in there as well. They have been dominating the first two weeks, and I think you're going to need that effort. If Put it this way. If we win the matchup of our interior defensive lineman versus that Cowboys interior offensive line, meaning we can push that pocket and stop the run, the Eagles will win this football game.
1: All right, so help everybody out with Fletcher Cox because he has been double-teamed 26 times, (laughs) uh, most on the Eagles' defensive line in the first two games. And Javon Hargrave, he's making a lot of the big plays, and people don't hear Fletcher Cox's name a whole lot. Is he getting the job
3: done? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, the film, don't lie, John, we break down the film. We see Fletcher out there getting double, triple-teamed, if they don't double or triple team him, they're certainly turning the protection to whichever side he's lined up on. And that's going to happen at times. And, and Fletcher isn't as young as he once was. So there used to be a time where we would move Fletcher out to defensive end, right? He could play D tackle or defensive end. He doesn't play defensive end as much anymore, primarily because we have better defensive ends and he's just not as young as he once was. So his clear cut advantage usually is on the inside. But the thing I want to bring up to that is Fletcher is going to get his. He just can't get frustrated. Keep doing what you're doing, Fletcher. Your teammates are benefiting from all the attention that he's getting. And I guarantee you, Javon Hargrave and Hassan Ridgeway keep making tackles for losses and blowing up and getting penetration. They're going to soon say, we got to pay attention to number 97. We can't, we can't devote all this attention to Fletcher because Javon – Remember, prior to the Eagles signing him as a free agent, he had Pro Bowl potential labeled upon him. So, I think we forget how good he was in Pittsburgh because of the injuries last year. Man, he is reminding everybody that listen. We got a pretty good signing at defensive tackle last year. I I, I couldn't be more impressed with the way Javon Hardgrave was playing. Fletcher's numbers will come as long as those other guys keep doing what they're doing. Eventually, offensive lines will have to turn their attention to those guys.
1: I, I really think that the loss of Brandon Graham hurts the Eagles more than the loss of Brandon Brooks. And, and my opinion is because the rotation on the defensive line, it now means Ryan Kerrigan is going to have to play more. And I thought he'd be really good as a guy you bring in on, you know, situational passing downs. And then Josh Sweat is probably going to have to play more and you might have to move Derek Barnett around. So do you think the loss of BG
3: is that big? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And and, and A, because it's a, a season-ending injury. At least we know Brandon Brooks is scheduled to come back at some point over the next four or six weeks, whatever, how long it's going to take for him to hit up. So so he'll be back. Brandon Graham being gone all, all year uh, hurts so much more and is so much more uh, impactful on that side of the ball for those very reasons you brought up, John, the rotation. I mean, having the depth on defensive line makes your defensive line stronger. You know, now you're asking guys who can give you a good 20 plays, 20 to 25 plays. Now they have to give you a good 40 to 45 plays. You know, and Brandon was a three down player. He was arguably your best run stuff in defensive end, as well as your second best pass rusher out there. So you're going to have to fill those shoes Uh, It's going to be a collective effort, but no doubt about it, losing BG was a major blow, and we're only talking about on the field. We're not even talking about off the field and in the locker room. We're just talking about on the
1: field. Like as a defensive guy, uh, Darius Slay, it looks like he's been doing a really good job in that secondary. This is going to be obviously their biggest test with the, the number of receivers that they have with the Cowboys. Uh, how is Steve Nelson and that secondary with uh, Darius Slay? How have they
3: held up? I like what I've seen. I really have. I mean, Debo Samuel had a couple plays. That was more of a 10-yard pass that he ran to 40 yards as opposed to a ball getting thrown over your head. Like we, <laughs> we saw forever for the last three to five years, balls being thrown over our head. And then and talking to Darius uh, the other night, he talked about, the the scheme that Jonathan Gannon has them playing in that's going to allow them to play more with their eyes on the football and towards the quarterback, as opposed to being in a lot of single high man coverage, it's hard to get turnovers when you're in man coverage, right? So when you're playing more zone coverage, you got an opportunity to see the ball being thrown. If it's tipped, you're going to get a chance to make those interceptions. We had two balls Sunday. that should have been picked off. Uh, I know both of those DBs wish they had another opportunity at, the, at picking those passes off that was tip, but also not necessarily relying solely on bringing extra pressure. So what I mean by that is if you can get pressure with those guys up front without bringing extra guys back there, those windows are going to be tighter for quarterbacks to fit passes in. And with Dak Prescott still nursing his shoulder, I could see some balls being, being picked off this weekend because he doesn't have as much zip on his throws. And the fact that Amari Cooper is banged up, Michael Gallup is out. You really got to be able to focus on CD lamb and see if Dak Prescott trusts anybody else to go to, to go to with, with the football.
1: By the way, when you do your show with Slay, do you call him Darius? Cause he doesn't like to be called no. Darius.
3: no. No, he does. And I, I do not call him Darius. And that I almost corrected myself right there because I'm so used to correcting myself, but I'm so used to talking. Listen, we call these guys by their first name. Name's Darius. So, you know, I, I figured talking to you, I can get away with calling him Darius, but no, I would not say Darius. To him, I, I have corrected myself a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's
1: funny that way. Uh, Ike Reese, by the <laughs> way, is an ambassador for a program with the Eagles and AAA. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, uh, about how you can become a member. Uh, let me ask you about the schedule, Ike, because I see, uh, okay, you got this Cowboys game in Dallas Monday night. Boy, then you got the Chiefs coming in here. Then you're on the road to Carolina. Then you got Tampa Bay coming in here on a short week then a trip to oakland i believe that's the schedule i think so um yeah so so ike if the eagles don't get this game in dallas you could be looking at one and three one and four one and five two and six something like that (laughs) Um, now going into this season when you looked at the schedule is that kind of what you thought? And did after the first game, maybe you started to think, wow, maybe this team is better than we thought?
3: Uh, i say yes to all those things, John. And, and then let me explain it real quick. Um, looking at the schedule, I thought it would be a tough start to the season. That's why I thought it was so critical that they got that game in Atlanta. I thought that would be a very winnable game. Uh, and to your point, coming out of that Atlanta game, they looked better than I expected because we didn't see them all training camp all preseason. So we didn't know what to expect, which gave them more than a puncher's chance against San Francisco. The problem is you play a team like San Francisco and you don't take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves, San Francisco is going to make you pay. And that's what happened. So you sort of learn your lesson when you're playing a caliber of a team like San Francisco. The margin for error is very minimal and it gets even smaller as the schedule goes over the next four to five weeks. But here's what I'll say. And let me let me say this to Eagles fans. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about your football team. We all hope they go 17 and 0. It's not happening. We know that now for a fact that they won't go undefeated. Uh, For me, this year was about steady improvement and steady growth and really being disciplined with myself of not placing unrealistic expectations on this team allow this team to grow, allow this coaching staff to grow. And as long as I feel better about the team at the end of the season than I did early in the season, I can take that. For me, this year is about finding out what we have from a core standpoint. Can Jalen be our guy moving forward? Like That's what this year is about for me as an Eagles fan, is that I want to see what we have. This is more like 2016 for me right, when Doug and Carson first took over for that era. And I think the Eagles will be better the second half of the season. It's tough sledding for a rookie head coach and a quarterback who really came into the season with only four starts under his belt. The way the schedule was at the beginning of the year, you would almost need everything to be a perfect storm to get off to a hot start. Doesn't mean they can't beat Dallas Monday doesn't mean they can't beat any of those other teams that are coming up next. It just means I feel it's unfair to expect them to beat those teams. We hope they do, but I wouldn't be surprised if things don't necessarily fall our way.
1: And, you know, like uh, that second half of the season, they don't even have to get on a plane for the last two months. Right. (laughs) And you got like six games against the division and the Jets. Yes. So, so if you can hang around in the division, you can make some hay the second half of the season when you kind of learn about each other. And Nick yep. and Jalen, they're learning on the job here.
3: Yeah. I mean, the coaching staff is still learning what these players are good at versus what they aren't. And the quarterback, head coach situation, that's going to be an a, a ever-evolving situation week to week. Man, go back and look at some of Donovan's early starts, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, go back they and look at the 05. five. Yeah. Well, and even him as an individual player, he got better. I mean, but there were some weeks where we're like, Lord, like he, he, he was missing throws. So um, it's going to happen with young players and a young coaching staff. We got to give them time. It's on us. And I know this is difficult. It's on us as fans to be patient and give them the time.
1: Well, don't look at the comments section after this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Stay away. Stay away.
1: <laughs> hey, Ike, you're an ambassador uh, for something that's pretty cool with the Eagles and AAA, a membership plan for Eagles fans. Uh, let everybody know about
3: it. Man, I am so excited. This thing has taken off like hotcakes, too, John. I joined, I partnered up with AAA over the summer, and we are going with this campaign of uh, becoming a A Eagles MVP member, right? If you're already a A member, as I was, switching over to become an Eagles MVP member is very easy for you. All you got to do is go to uh, tripleacom slash Eagles. Make sure you sign up to become an Eagles MVP member. And here are some of the cool things that becoming a member will get you. All right, first of all, we all love Eagles swag, right? Eagles gear. So we go to the pro shop. You get 15% off merchandise at the pro shop when you're an Eagles MVP member. That's pretty cool. Then how about this? You get to go to cool Eagles uh, events, where whether it's practices or maybe it's a special AAA slash Eagles event that you'll be invited to. Um, you have an opportunity to uh, win tickets to an Eagles game, be on the sideline. Before the game, getting a chance to see the players. So man, this it's a great opportunity. Uh it's a great club to be a part of. Come on, John. We all like to be in the cool club. This is the cool club. Are you a triple A Eagles? Are you a triple A member? Uh not right
1: now, but I think I'm gonna right after this. Yeah, What's come on,
3: man, be a part of the cool club. <laughs> you're gonna let you gonna let me in the cool club. Yes, yes. And and you got good looks, so you definitely fit in the cool club. Remember, triple <laughs> A Eagles um dot com slash no triple a dot com slash eagles to become an eagles mvp member yes sir man you're getting good at this you've come a long way <laughs> since
1: angelo said you should be cut <laughs> 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 hey
3: uh by the uh, way have- it's called progress hey, check this out john see and the philly fans were patient with me and they gave me time and look at what i blossomed
1: into man you just tied it all together too you're good at this uh are you gonna have enough for your
3: radio show today after you let all these pearls of wisdom out there hey listen i got enough in the tank baby it's cowboys week we don't the only time we empty the tank is on monday night let's go baby let's go you are fired up hey i didn't
1: want to like take away from your reps you know i mean i don't want to give you too many reps we gotta (laughs) we gotta bring you along slowly to build you up for your radio show uh always enjoy listening to you on the radio show and One thing that's fascinating me right now, Ike Reese, is I know Philadelphia from growing up here, and the athletes that really hurt Philly are the ones who say, I want out, Mm -hmm. that they wanted to leave. Uh, If a player leaves because they weren't offered enough money here and they go somewhere else, that's one thing. But I see an incredible fascination still with Carson Wentz. I see it. In the numbers of people clicking on his interception, you know, with the shovel pass, which I have never seen, by the way. Have you seen that? Uh, have you ever seen that have
3: it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's happened before. That was the tight end's fault, too. Yeah, you're the right. Tight end uh, got, uh, the tight end got blown up by Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald.
1: Yeah. So, so, so as, as the uh,
3: head of what was it called? The Bronco? The L- listen, don't mess up the name. It's the LTBB, let the Bronco buck. Yes.
1: Okay, <laughs> LTBB as the yes. as the head of that organization. Yes, um, El Presidente. Yes, El Presidente. So so tell me, what is it like on sports talk radio? Because I still hear people talking about him, and it's almost like they kind of want him to fail in Indianapolis, but then they realize that hey, Eagles would right now, I believe, get a top six pick from the Colts if he plays seventy five percent of the snaps.
3: Yeah. Listen, um, that's a it's like having an ex-girlfriend that the breakup is still fresh. You're not necessarily over it yet, even though you got a new girlfriend and and, 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 and she's gone on with someone else. Um, you're not over it yet. And um, I think in, that's in part because, listen, Carson Wentz had a lot of fans here. I think there are still some Carson Wentz fans here. But more importantly, uh, there was a lot of hope and faith put in the wince and, and we thought that was going to be the quarterback here for the next 10 years and it didn't work out and I, I don't need to rehash all that all that stuff um, but I just think it's it's a part of it is, is because people care and they realize to, whether they want to admit it or not they know the kid is talented. If he's healthy and he can play, he's talented because I don't remember anybody caring about Sam Bradford leaving here. <laughs> I don't remember anybody caring that Mark Sanchez wasn't here anymore. Kevin Cobb wasn't here anymore. I don't remember anybody caring that those guys were no longer in Eagles' midnight green. Uh, there's a fascination with Carson Wentz in part because we allowed ourselves to believe and dream of the possibilities. And, and quite frankly, John, some of us still can't believe that it ended the way that
1: it ended. Yeah, 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 especially – three and a half years after a Super Bowl that he was right. a huge, huge part of.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think if, if, quite frankly, you obviously want him to play 75% of the plays. Um, I don't think people care how many games the Colts win. They just, they most importantly want him to be out there for 75% of the plays.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you, the whole reason this all started is because he really is having a hard time staying healthy. And you feel for the guy, Uh, but that's why they drafted Jalen hurts because they needed a backup quarterback to play because he wasn't healthy.
3: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, No, it's
1: just, it's just fascinating. And right now, Ike Reese, The Eagles next year
3: would have three picks in the top 13. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, I think I think once this season is over with and the Eagles sort of know what they're getting uh, in return for trading Carson to the Colts, I think the majority of the fan base will move on. There'll always be a small portion of the fan base that keeps an eye on him, and they're gonna revel uh, in his failures if he doesn't play well, if he doesn't have success. Just for me, John, it's not in my nature to root for the downfall. For for Individual players, individual athletes and somebody who can't necessarily shake the injury bug as a former athlete. That's not any fault of his own. That's it's just bad luck. Like that's what it is. So I don't know what else to say uh, than that. I think people will be better served if you spend less time putting negative energy or emotion towards something that doesn't impact your life on a daily basis. You'll be a happier person.
1: I agree, man. I'm getting some therapy here from you as well. Thank you. Uh, Two quick things, and then we can wrap this up. Uh, Ike, what do you think about these taunting penalties? I mean, I see a receiver get up and spin the football near the DB taunting penalty. Uh, He says one or two words, taunting penalty. What do you think of this? Stupid.
3: (laughs) I I don't know where the complaint came from. Uh, uh the owners decided that was something they wanted to vote on and, and implement this year. And I don't I don't know other than the owners who agrees with it. Like I, I don't I don't know anybody who agrees with it. We like we all recognize what over-the-top taunting is, like we all can see that it's obvious. Um guys showing emotion and sort of in in a moment's notice forgetting whether or not they're facing the opponent or facing a teammate or the crowd, like you got to allow for these players to be human, right? Do we want excitement in the game? Do we want fun in the game? Or do we want flags in the game? I got news for you. No fun league. We don't want more flags in the game. Nobody does. Nobody does. Stop coming up with rules to throw flags. Stop it.
1: And I think everybody likes to see a little talking back and forth out on that field.
3: Man. I could say some other things, but I ain't gonna even go, I'm not gonna even go down that road. Listen, I'm, all, I'm already the old guy yelling, get off my lawn as it is. So, you know, I listen, I, I played with some guys and my, myself. If you told me I couldn't taunt or talk smack to the opponent, well, you might as well make me inactive that day. Like, how can I play? I can't play. You think Brian Mitchell could play football without taunting and talking smack to somebody? No way possible. Trey Thomas, Collins Thomas, Hugh Douglas, Jeremiah Trotter, Brian Dawkins. Come on, man. These are some of the best trash talkers i played with. The best.
1: Oh, man, I would have loved to have heard some mic'd up segments with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> some All right. of the best. Oh, man. Finally, uh, did you hear Gronk? Gronk said that he does not watch any film whatsoever, and he says every week he just asks Tom Brady who's going to be covering him. Right now, Ike, is this a complete rarity in the in the NFL? Or
3: no, it's no, it's it's a complete lie. Is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I love this. I love Gronk. I love Gronk because Gronk. The one thing I'll give Gronk credit for, Gronk has said, okay, y'all want to put me in this box? I'll play in this box, dude. I'll play in this box. And Gronk is a very smart man uh, who plays sort of the meathead role that I'm not very smart. I'm just walking through life lucky and fortunate. No. Gronk is arguably the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Uh, He is a first ballot Hall of Famer now he may not study and watch as much film as others but to what he's basically implying is he goes out on the field not knowing what to do and needs to be told what to do see he not even he 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 just said you know what forget how bad that sounds <laughs> to people to forget how that sounds for my coaches if they hear me say that right like what do you think his coaches are saying to that so that 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 I, I took that as Gronk just being Gronk. Like, Gronk just being Gronk. He may not be the most studious guy and watch the most film, but there's no way Gronk doesn't know what he's doing or doesn't watch film. There's no you way. You know what? You're right. He sucked me in with that, and I think
1: you're right because he plays that role in his commercials, so it leads he to a lot more cash.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gronk is smart. And and, and listen, let me give you two more examples of how smart he is. And he told this story Sunday, too. The Patriots were ready to trade him to Detroit a couple years
1: ago.
3: He tells them, how can you trade me? I'm retired. I'm not playing anymore. (laughs) So the, the trade basically gets called off. He decides not to retire, stays with the Patriots. They go on and beat Atlanta for that Super Bowl. So he kept from getting traded to Detroit. And then he, he, then he decided, you know what? I will retire for a year, get out of New England, because him and Tom has cooked this scheme up. And when Tom Brady decides where he's going to go when he leaves New England, I'll come out of retirement. Gronk got everybody fooled, baby. He's the smartest man. Genius. <laughs> <Ron's-> <laughs> he is a genius. And now they're living yes. it up in Florida. Yes. <laughs> Ike Reese,
1: good call on uh, spelling that out and, and
3: sniffing that
1: out for us. That's smart of you, too. Uh,
3: well, listen, it takes one to know one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ike Reese, appreciate the time. Listen for Ike Reese on WIP Radio every day. Eagles game plan. I have the pleasure of working with him on that. Ike, you're one of the best here in Philly. We love your personality. And uh, time for a commercial break. All
3: right, brother. Country land.
0: Lake